0: Hello and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman Smith, writer and artist, and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 8. My guest this week is writer Lorraine Pastel. We'll be discussing mental health and how writing About these issues can help yourself and help others. So stick around for the interview later on. At my desk. At my desk this week, well, here in the UK, we've been having a bit of a heat wave. My office is downstairs just off the kitchen and it is the coldest room in the house. And so for once, it's really pleasant to be in there. And the Whippet, Evie, has decided that the cushion behind my desk is definitely the coolest, most comfortable spot. And I've been writing. I'm on that final push, the finish of my first draft of my work in progress. So this is good news, and I'm feeling like I'm really getting on with it now. Almost there. I just wish I knew what to call it. I know some authors have their idea for their title straight away, but not me. But no, it takes me ages to mull it over. I think the problem is I actually have too many ideas. I've got whole pages. It could be this, it could be that. No doubt I'll decide on one of them when the time comes. So I've been working hard all week, but everything stopped on Sunday for the Wimbledon tennis finals. So that was a bit of fun. And then on Monday, we went to London. Well, not quite London, just outside, Maidenhead to be exact, to visit our two daughters. I had an interview booked for the podcast, so I took all my stuff with me, a great big bag with microphones and cables and bits and pieces and show notes and goodness knows what else. But anyway, I'm glad I did because we did stay longer than we thought we would. And so I got myself set up in her bedroom, pulled all the curtains and stood there in the boiling heat, having a chat to somebody in America. It's funny what you can do, isn't it? Anyway, it was great fun. OK, let's get on with the interview then. Come and meet Lorraine Pastel. She's a really interesting and nice woman. This week, my guest is award-winning author Lorraine Pastel. Lorraine writes contemporary fiction and has six books in her series, A Life Singular. Her books are love stories and family sagas, which deal with the complex social justice issues of today. Her writing goal is to help others understand mental illness. Hello, Lorraine. Hi, DJ. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Yes, that's it's good. great to talk to you because you're in Melbourne, Australia, and I'm here in southern... Brisbane, actually. Brisbane.
1: Yes, I'm in Brisbane. Oh, my word.
0: It's a long way from southern England, that's for sure certainly is no that's yeah. where
1: I grew up I definitely grew up in southern England but I've been a, a bit of a gypsy and lived all over the world so have yeah. uh, been in Australia for nearly 23 years now so yeah
0: lovely there lovely there well we're having a bit of a heat wave quite exciting so Lorraine you've got six books in your series at the moment how many more do you plan just one more
1: yes yeah, it, it started off as one one book
0: don't but, they all?
1: Uh, as, yeah, I know, <laughs> and uh, it was—it uh, was. I just had so many ideas. It was a, a book that sort of got its original life when I was about fourteen, and I'm now just turned sixty. So in that time, it's been really my life's work, and I've just poured. Everything into it, and it, it quickly became way too big for one book. So it's now the seven in the series. I've actually written the end, and and I know exactly how it ends. I just need to go back and fill in those those last last few um, episodes before the very end. So,
0: yeah, I think it's quite nice to feel that you've. Do you feel like you've completed your life's work with this? Because it says it's your life's work. I I will have.
1: I don't feel like it yet, but (laughs) certainly that's what I hope I feel at the end, yes.
0: Yeah. Will you miss it when you finish it? I will.
1: And I'm somewhat trepidatious about finishing because I've lived with those characters for all this time. And when I no longer have to deal with them it's, I think it's going to be quite a big hole. You know, it's going to leave a bit of a void. So, yes, it'll be interesting to see what I fill it with.
0: Yeah. What will you write next?
1: I don't know. Um, having become an Australian a while ago, um, I've got a uh, – and I'm very, into, very much into social justice issues. So, I've, I've got – I'd like to do a story about Aboriginal Australians and uh, perhaps integration and – The social justice issues around there, the fairness, inequality, poor health uh, outcomes, but also to make it into fiction. So people really don't know they're learning about a more serious topic because hopefully they're enjoying the story. So,
0: yeah, many a true word spoken in fiction, I think. Hopefully. (laughs) Yes, yes. I mean, even my dark fantasy that I write, you know, I think there's threads in there that I'm. Making a point. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I've noticed that coping with mental illnesses is a theme throughout your work. How's writing helped you and your readers, do you think, Lorraine?
1: Um, well, I have had some feedback from readers um, who... I've taken the, the messages beyond the actual story. But for myself, I mean, I, I come from a a family who, that's riddled with mental illness on both sides of the family. So uh, it sort of, we, It was predicted that uh, myself and my siblings would also suffer. So, it's it's an environment that I certainly grew up in with personal experience and uh, also learning about my brother and uh, various other family members. So, it's always been part of my life. And as I grew up and went out through school and uh, onto university and into the workforce, I realised people who... Because they were fortunate and didn't suffer from any sort of mental illness, they had so little understanding about what it felt like to be in that situation and having to sort of function. Normally, um, along with everyone else where, when you're actually, you know, struggling internally. So, um, I began writing, um, as, as a therapy in a, alongside various psychologists and that sort of thing. And, uh, because I'd always, always loved writing and I'm not really artistic in, in any other way, I used it to explain the world to myself. And as I matured and I became aware of a lot more sort of mm. issues out in the world. And, um, you know, when you cease to be a child and you start uh, thinking about adult issues, um, I just wanted to weave that into, into my writing, more or less to make sense of the world and try and find my place in it. And I think uh, certainly a couple of uh, readers have told me that uh, there are some readers who have said that, uh, oh, I had no idea that, you know, this was the life of someone that, you know, had lived with uh, PTSD and depression and that sort of thing. And uh, so... They basically said, I have a, a bit much better appreciation now of what people are going through and the fact that, you you know, you look at someone and think they're absolutely fine, whereas, you, you know, you never know what's going on behind their eyes. So, And then other people have said that uh, it's actually helped them to talk to other people about what they're going through and you know trying to use some terms that aren't necessarily too clinical or too technical but just to explain in ways that uh, other people can understand so hopefully I'm contributing to broadening people's knowledge really of the of the whole topic
0: yeah I think it's a good thing My, my one of my family members suffers from depression it's it's much more spoken about now and i think mm. it's a really good thing it's much more healthy and it's it's become less of a taboo which definitely. i think is really good and i think everything every time we have another conversation or somebody writes another book and and puts those themes within their stories it helps to bring it all to the front and so everybody can have a chat about it and and have a better understanding i think
1: absolutely yeah, yeah definitely and even my parents who sort of they they have both have suffered their own um, depression and uh, anxiety, but they couldn't necessarily see it in their children because, you know, they they were different people and they probably exhibited their symptoms differently. So, um, just to talk to them about what was going on in their children's lives, it was uh, quite revealing, actually.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think in the old in the old days, or back in the day, as we like to say, uh, I think all this stuff was brushed under the carpet. Whereas I think people are much more open about it. I, I'm an old school teacher, and I think we we became much more aware of children, you know, even quite small children that were suffering, in mm. some, and looking out for for different signs of people you know help them along i think yeah, yeah
1: well i'm i'm actually quite racked with guilt when i think back at my childhood because i wasn't always the nicest to people that i could have been as a child and i'm just thinking what damage could i have done in that time that I, uh, you know if i had known better i i wouldn't have so
0: yeah i think it's mm-hmm. i think it's interesting you know, everybody's journey is is some um, is unique and different mm-hmm. i don't i don't think you can look back i don't i don't think you can look back and worry i think you just have to you know move on and use your knowledge you know that you've gained now you know mm. yeah no that's yeah. true mm.
1: i i have encountered so much uh, stigma you're made to feel that uh, you know if you've got a broken arm or a broken leg that it's a, a really valid complaint <laughs> But anything that you can't see, people tend to think that you're making it up or you're exaggerating. And I, I can't begin to thank, to, to tell you how many times at work I've been told to, uh, that I'm attention seeking and, you know, it's not all about you, you know, and I'm like, no, that wasn't my intention at all. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a complex scenario, definitely. And certainly in the workplace, um, which my book doesn't really go into the workplace side of things, but, uh, um, it's, it's hard to sort of, state your case for to be to be heard
0: yeah but but i think it's it's important to to be heard yeah for, for the Thank for you. the people that come afterwards i think yeah, yeah absolutely mm. yeah i've noticed some of your your book proceeds go to charity tell me about that
1: yes i wish it was more proceeds but <laughs> i'm working on it <laughs> um yes i've got two charities um because uh, as part of my my professional career I've also spent a lot of time mentoring and I got involved with a, a couple of mentoring programs for children with learning difficulties or coming from dis- disadvantaged backgrounds where they were really struggling in school. Um, one of them isn't they're both Australian charities one is called the Smith family um, which provides a whole range of services from you know financial contribution for, for uniforms and books and uh, excursions and things like that that other uh, kids may miss out on uh, but also providing programs where they can impr- improve their reading um actually work with a uh, an educator um outside of school to uh, bring them more in line with their peers in the classroom and then the uh, the other organization is called ed connect australia um which provides intergenerational mentoring so there's a lot of grandparents these days that are growing up without their grandchildren and even great-grandchildren um and because of you know people's geographic mobility living in other countries other cities what have you so it unites grandparents with someone else's grandchild (laughs) and they provide mentoring in schools which i think is you know because both both people win out of that scenario so uh, um So, yeah, so 50 percent of my uh, book sales go to those two charities.
0: Mm, That's a really good thing. I think the grandparents thing is quite interesting. When I was a teacher, I taught early years and I, I worked in a sort of inner city school where we had many, many families that had moved there for work. But they were, like you say, away from their older family uh. members and we had a couple of senior citizens that used to come in and just have a chat with the kids and things like that. So we'd involve <laughs> them with various topics that we'd um that we were doing in the classroom. And one of the things was um we were doing World War Two and one of these ladies had um been an evacuee. Uh. So she came in and talked about her actual first hand experience of being an evacuee and the kids and myself, we were amazed. But it's just great to make that connection with the generations you know
1: definitely yeah. yeah yeah and now I suppose when people are going through all the the news with the Ukraine and and various yeah. other things that are happening now they can perhaps think on oh well this lady told me about how it was to you know not be living in your own home and yeah, yeah. so you sort of make those connections
0: yeah, yeah absolutely yeah I think it's uh well there's always something awful happening in the world that's for sure Mm. OK, well, because this is the Words and Pictures podcast and because I'm a writer and an artist, I always like to ask, tell me about your book covers. Well, the
1: covers I'm using now are actually the third generation of book covers because I've been through a couple of uh, um, editions of my earlier books. And um, the first ones, when I look at them now, they look very amateur, and uh, now at least they're, they're looking a little bit more professional. So as my writing has matured, I think my cover design has actually matured. Not that I do them myself, of course, but uh, I've, I've got a lot of images that are in my mind the whole time while I write, like the, the family home of the, um, the central characters. Um, I saw a picture uh, of this amazing sort of Mexican hacienda-type building with a big internal co- courtyard with uh, cobblestones and fountains and things like that. And I I this photo so captured my imagination. That's where the that's where these people live. And that is, sort is of that a, the
0: picture? stayed with is that the picture on, on your web on your website. On my website yes. on the Facebook page. Yes, yeah. absolutely.
1: Yeah. So so I wanted to put that cut that on my first book cover and with a with a my pro- a protagonist on there as well. Um, and then Gradually, I sort of – I was stealing photos from the internet and merging them together and making them into book covers, and I realised that this probably wasn't the most professional thing to do. So, uh, I then went to a, a proper book cover designer and tried to um, mimic the idea um, through those book covers. But I, I tried to capture the central characters – in at the ages that they are in each book because the the whole saga spans 50 years or just more than 50 years actually um so obviously the the central couple um that go through the story get older clearly so uh um, trying to capture them at various uh, stages of their lives you know with children and then back on their
0: own again and well i think it's it's fascinating to I think covers are such a personal thing, and I think we've all started off with one lot of covers. Thought I oh, would we'll just get it out there, and then mm. as as you go along in your writer's journey, you you learn a lot more and have a better idea of what exactly you want the whole thing to look like. Because they look very nice; they look of a piece. The the all the books because it's a lot of books to get linked together. You know, it's not like
1: consistent theme exactly. Yes. Yeah, and mm. I think that's
0: important when you're writing in. Um, in a series, because it's got to look like they, they belong together, I suppose. Yes, that's you know, right. You know, a thread that runs through the whole thing, you know, so that mm. your, your typeface is the same and all those sorts of things makes it look much much more professional. Yes, and
1: you often yeah. hear of uh, um, authors who are traditionally published and, you know, they've got a very definite idea of what their their book covers should look like and what their protagonists look like. And the publisher, of, of you know, often... For very good professionally expertise um, reasons, um, have come up with a different cover, and and the author, I hear, you know, just doesn't relate to them. So it's quite good in the in the self published world that uh, you have that additional control over over your covers.
0: But well, I think we've got the control over everything, haven't we? And I think mm. that that can be daunting at times because you've never got anybody to say, actually do it like this. It all comes yes. down to you, doesn't it? Everything. What inspires you then? With you I think'
1: re- really, to get my message out. Um, I'm a recovering suicider. i li- I live with it every day. Um, it's not pleasant, and uh, i I want to to impart to those who are suffering with me that uh, somehow there is a way to find your place. Um, even though I feel a bit of a fraud saying that sometimes because I don't think I've found mine yet (laughs) but I'm on the journey um, to find it and uh, I think that inspiring what inspires me is to hopefully make life a little bit clearer for Hmm. people who are going through similar things to Hmm. to me
0: Hmm. yeah because I think you've obviously you've been in a very very dark place and um but you know you've you've come through it you know you're still with us thank god and, mm. and, and i think um, it's you know that's that's important to i don't know, help people out
1: yeah yeah and i am inspired by other people's stories you know obviously you mainly hear about uh celebrities or people who have come into celebrity sometimes by accident so mm. you you're often inspired by how they've managed to get mm. themselves through
0: really trying situations. so Because celebrity mm. is a theme within the books, isn't it? Tell, mm, us, tell us about the characters in, in, your, in your stories and what they're going through.
1: Now, well, the main protagonist is uh, a guy called Jeff Diamond. He's He uh, um, grew up in Sydney. Um, he had a very, very violent and neglectful childhood um, and that left him with a lot of... Uh, Mental and physical scars, and uh, but uh, he was absolutely blessed with almost a savant-like intelligence. Um, It's and I think what I like to play with the ideas of reincarnation and uh, um, the fact that we're one soul that lives in many people through through a very long period of time. So uh, he is a very old soul, and in the in book seven that sort of uh, comes to some some conclusion and uh, so he meets his soulmate who is someone who is he has met through the ages through through previous lives and uh, she is Lynn and uh, they they go through various uh, obstacles in their lives and they both are Learn, learn lessons, and uh, what binds them together is music. And uh, they're both songwriters, and they're both musicians, and they become a musician?
0: very Are you I, a musician? I, I,
1: I was as a child Were a musician, yeah. classical, yeah, classical guitarist, and I used to sing in in ah. bands and things. Yes, definitely. But because uh, I think it's um, hard
0: to write about stuff like that if you don't have some background noise yes, on it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: and I, know- I do. Mm. I know a lot of musicians as well, so uh,
0: yeah, I hear yeah. about
1: their stories.
0: I think fame is a very hard thing to cope with for people. The problems Definitely, that they have being
1: being constantly in the public eye and being judged, yeah. and yeah. uh, you know, not not having much time out of the public eye to really work through things that you know you see to sort of sit on the on the back burner and it just festers away um, but they do have extraordinary success in terms of um, they, they become very successful and uh, the, the books take them all over the world on their various tours and uh, holidays and they both become very um, much involved in philanthropy and uh, sort of if you think a bit of Bob Geldof and bono and and mm. stars like that where they've made their squillions and and now they want to uh, go off and do some good in the world and that's basically what this couple does and they they uh, basically champion a lot of uh, um issues around mental illness and disadvantage and um and because jeff is so intelligent he believes that education is the key to to everything, and if you know, if, if people have the chance to educate themselves, they'll they'll make better choices and uh, hopefully treat each other much better. So,
0: yeah, it's all about knowledge, isn't it? <clears throat> yes, absolutely. yeah. The, the more we know, the the better we can be. I think you know, with mm. all these with all these things, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. Um, so, would you say it was quite biogra- biographical?
1: Um well it, it's obviously totally totally fi- fictional but I've woven a lot of my experiences into the books and I've also woven a lot of people other people's experiences into um, mm-hmm. what these characters have gone through and other peripheral characters in the in the books as well I have a, a strange uh, way of naming my characters I I tend to pick the um a name of a friend and you know oh you haven't got me in your book have you so i then write put their name but but i always give them to a character who is diametrically opposite to them in in personality type so uh, one of one of my friends um uh didn't like children she was all about dogs and didn't like children at all so I made her a midwife so
0: yes mm. so they can go and live another life in within your pages yes <laughs> absolutely like yeah yes. <laughs> I like that I think it's interesting where you're you're writing about mental illness and, and it's it's going over you know the six books are going to be the seven books and then you've Mm. got you've got the the people's I think sometimes people think with mental illness and I know with my family member who suffers very badly with a depression people kind of think that it can be in fixed you know like Mm. a like a cold like a like a broken arm and that you're going to get over it but actually that's right what Mm. what my my family member has found is that he has to just learn to live with it actually and and cope the everyday and possibly where you're writing a long series of books it's not like you've got a book that is you know some things you know people have had their difficulties and then they've got over them and then it's a happy ending and that's the end of it you know these Mm. these problems I'm guessing I haven't read your work but I'm guessing these problems have have gone on you know in in greater and lesser degrees for these characters and that's very much like real life I would think.
1: Absolutely and and uh, your symptoms get triggered by other things that happen around you so you know there's always the nature versus nurture. And I believe that all the mental illness um, is, is a combination of uh, genetical, genetic stuff that we inherit
0: yes, and also yeah. the
1: environment that uh, you find yourself in and, and the, the situations that happen to you. So um, you may not know you, you suffer from depression until something triggers it, but once it's been triggered, you never quite put it back in its box no um no you sort of as as your your family member was saying you you learn how to control it or how to control yourself with it um but there's always things that come from in the most unexpected times that leave you you know feeling really terrible so
0: Mm. Um, yeah I think I think when I look back on um you know, I had a very difficult relationship with my mother. And anybody that knows me well will know this thing. But mm. as, as I've got, I mean, she she died early this year. And I, when I sort of look back over our time together, I I honestly think that my mother suffered from some sort of mental illness that never got diagnosed, really. No, but it didn't used to
1: in, in that generation. Yeah, mm. and I
0: think, like you say, like you look back to your childhood, you think, oh, I wish I'd been nicer. I kind of look back and think... Sure, could, could I have done something for my mother to make her happier? But obviously, as a child, that's not your... You have to understand that that's not your problem, really. No, you know? that's and right. And, of course, you yeah. go on as an adult, you've got your own family and your own careers and things. And, and um, yes, I, yeah, I, knowledge is everything. It just needs to be brought out to the fore because I think she could have been a happier woman mm. if she'd had some sort of help yes sort of help and I think
1: that that's the same with all of us I think Mm. and and now thankfully we are talking about it more and it's less um less frowned upon to to say that I need to see a psychologist or I'm on antidepressants or something like that before you would have kept that all that very much to yourself so yeah
0: yeah no Um, I think I think it's very very important to um you know uh, to be more self-aware, I think we're, mm-hmm. we're becoming more self-aware of ourselves and and more aware, you know, by default of other people. Yes, so and the impact
1: them. our actions have on other people. I think that, that's, that's the, one of the messages I try, try to get across
0: in the book. Explain the title to me. A life singular. I think I feel that's. I feel that's got a little story.
1: It has, yes, definitely. And uh, because again, because uh, um, the the protagonist is uh, very uh, intelligent, he speaks multiple languages, and uh, different languages figure through through the books as they go go through as well. And uh, uh, the I always put because I love. The French language, the Spanish language, and uh, they tend to put their adjectives after the noun. So, it's a life. What kind of life? It's actually a very singular life. But in the, in the European languages, which is how um, Jeff grew up, um, it's a life singular. So, uh, and it's the singular because we only have one. It's singular because they're a couple who believe they are one and they've been one through the ages. It's singular because it's gone through the ages and it's had multiple lifetimes in the one life. It's singular because they're celebra- celebrities and it's extremely special and spectacular and, uh, um, you know, unique. So the, all of those things, as they had their initial romance and grew together that that sort of term follows them through through their journey
0: yeah amazing i like it it's yeah. it's a very unique title It's it's always stood oh. out i thought you know over the years we're nearly out of time so so lorraine where can people find you and your books online
1: well i have a website which is lorraine and uh, all of the books are um the the synopses and the covers and everything are on that website i also have a facebook page which is a life singular um so the books are for sale through amazon and booktopia and various uh, of the normal outlets so just searchable by by my my name and uh, the title um And uh, also I I do sell them myself because if, if I sell them by my own website, then more goes to the charity.
0: Well, it's been lovely to talk to you, Lorraine. Thank you for coming on the Words and Pictures podcast. Thank you very much, DJ. It was lovely to talk to Lorraine about her work and the books she writes. You can find all the links in the show notes. Join me next week when my guest is Suzanne Least. Suzanne writes Paranormal Suspense and has two series out the Dead Games series, and the Blue Harbour series. Her writing aim is to write books that are unique and different, and I think you'll find she was quite a character too. So join me next Monday. You can find the show notes and anything you want to know about me, DJ Bowman Smith, at www.djbowmansmith.com. This has been the Words and Pictures podcast. Until next time, goodbye.